Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that finances, well, (laughs) they can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone. You can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. And today, well, today is the last day, the final on the series that we've been doing, which is Are You Being Sold? Because now at the beginning of the year, when people are excited to be talking about finances, you know what they're doing. They're shopping for an advisor. I've got to find a financial planner because I want to make sure everything's in order. I love those New Year resolutions. I just want to make sure you follow through with them. And so what we've been doing over the last four weeks, because this is the fourth part, is we have been providing you information so you can feel empowered, that you can say, hmm, okay, I know what the questions are that I want to ask when I'm meeting an advisor. I want to walk away saying, I wasn't sold some product, but to be able to walk away and say, I just started a relationship with a faith-based individual who knows finances, and I feel like I have a partner in this to help me be able to get my finances to grow in the way that I have hopes for, to reach the goals that I'm planning on. And that's what I'm hoping these last three weeks and even today will do for you allow you the freedom and the confidence to know, okay, I am making the right financial decisions. So last week, when we finished our discussion, one of the areas where we said, when you meet with a financial advisor and you begin asking them, hey, what's your compensation and all the different questions we had talked about, and we can review that uh, at the end of this program. But the question we were focusing on last week that I want to finish up this week was, what are your processes? And we had talked about how we have a process of initial call. We have a process of where you come in and you have that initial meeting. And then we talked about how there is a presentation or an implementation meeting where we've been hired to create a plan. And we sit down and we go over the thought process behind the plan. And then once the thought process has been vetted out and we can see the tax efficiency potentials, then we say, okay, now let's implement it. What are the actual tools we'll use in this implement? What type of investment? What type of insurance? And we'll begin to bring those to the table. Now, what I like during this process is, is that it is a hands-on Hi. One of the things I don't like when I go someplace and I feel sold is when someone has talked to me and then they just pass me off. Like, hello, I'm still here. You're not going to talk to me anymore because you only do this. And so what I like how we do it at Crystal Clear Finances is that when we have this implementation meeting, my son, who is my right-hand person, he will come into that meeting with us so that together we are both there. I will explain the thought processes and the whys. I will explain what tools we're going to use. And then he is there because he heads up the implementation process. That does not mean that we do not see each other again, but that means he is going to walk through the process. And after paperwork is signed and everything is put in place, he's going to be the one that represents our office and chases that down. He's going to be the one when those doors say, no, I don't want to give you the money. I want the money to stay here where we're at. He knows how to open those doors. And so when we go through the implementation process, we like letting you know every two weeks, hey, this is what's going on. Now, it may be a call from five, my son, or maybe a call from myself. 
But either way, we're going to walk you through that process. And after that implementation process is in place, then we meet if you want. Sometimes people say, Crystal, I'm all set. We don't need to meet. I asked you uh, to set this up for me. You've done it. I'm going on. I'm running my business. You just do what you know how to do. So we'll call. We'll make sure that they are all set for being able to log in and see you know, what their accounts are looking like. And then we begin the next process. And that process is where our administration team steps in. And they take your file and they make sure that you are put into, okay, we're going to have a client event in July again. They want to make sure that your name is on that list. They, we want to make sure that we understand how many kids did you say that you had and what are their names and when are the birthdays and what is it that you like and what type of coffee did you drink every time you came to the office? We had someone just the other day, she's like, oh my word, this tea is so good. She actually, her husband's not a tea drinker. And she's like, you got to try this, babe. This is such good. So her reaction, what do you think happened after she left? the top hand corner, it says, this is the type of tea she likes. She likes a little bit of cream in it. So we're going to get to know our clients so that every time you come back, you have that experience that you did when you first came. And each time the relationships get deeper. Many times now we first, before we can even get into the financial part of the meeting, we're sharing pictures of the grandbabies. What are your grandbabies doing? How old are they now? You know, now we're going through that stage of they're just learning to say Ima and Papa. And so there's a lot of fun that happens with our clients. I really like them. I, I love being a financial advisor to the clients at Crystal Clear Finances. And we love loving on our clients. And that whole process that comes about because there is a process in place to get to know you. And that's what this whole point was about is making sure whomever you're working with, after they have said, this is what I think you should do, and they give their thought process behind and they show how that will help with taxes and they show all the different components and they've put it in place, how soon will you hear from them again? And that's what we want to make sure you know that process. So there were 10 steps that we had talked about, 10 questions to ask your new advisor. That was number four. So number five, let's move on to this one. And I actually think we're going to be able to finish it all today was, you know, that you're being sold when there is an advisor who isn't working on creating a professional identity or brand or communication. And let me explain what I mean by this, because this is so critical in this day and age, cyber security. With everything that's going on, we are constantly taking classes. In fact, I, just this week, I have my IT guy coming in, comes in quarterly, scans again all of our computers, everything's up to date, looking for it. If we have any hint that we've gotten some emails that we don't think we're good, there's been training done for our uh, team that we know not to open links, which sounds like, well, of course. But understand, in our industry, we do get emails that say, hey, I need $10,000 that aren't scams. That's really our client saying it. But we have protocols on how we're going to check. We also make sure that we are established and that there's other people that can talk about our credibility. And let me explain what I mean by that. Like Kingdom Advisors. People can go on the site and see that I'm a Kingdom Advisor which means I have done the studies and the CE credits. And I know that I bring this up a lot because I feel like accountability is such a huge component. There are too many people that can put a shingle out and say, oh, I'm going to be a financial advisor and there's no accountability. 
There's a lot of very famous people that will get on radio and they will say, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you to do this. And they're giving advice over the radio that is hurting people. It's hurting but they're allowed to get away with it because there's no compliance. They're not licensed. And so because they're not licensed, they have free reign to be able to say these things that literally are hurting families. But because they have good social media or because they've been able to create curriculum that's going to be taught in a church, then everyone thinks they're the guru. But if we begin to peel back the layers, we begin to see there's no accountability. And that's where it becomes scary. So when I say tip number five is watch if they have a professional identity, brand, or communication, I love it when people come in. In fact, the other day was at an end of the meeting. Uh, the gentleman got up and while he was waiting for his wife, she was showing me grandbaby pictures. Um, he was looking at my wall because on the wall were all the different plaques of, yes, this has been certified. And yes, this has been certified. And this has been certified so that people can see, wait a minute, it's not just one person saying, hey, I'm good, but you're putting yourself under the scrutiny of others and you are working and investing in your business to make it professional that you have the professional firewalls, cybersecurity training, sexual harassment prevention training, all the different things that I look through that as a business owner, I am doing with my team to make sure that we're providing a safe environment for you. Whomever you choose as a financial planner, look to see that it's not being run out of their bedroom. You, your financial advisor should kind of, in my opinion, should have already been through what you need to go through, right? They're leading because they have been there. It's not just head knowledge. It's I've been there. I've done it. I, I am walking in it. And it's hard to know, well, gee, are they really? And that's why I go back to look at the sources they're tied into and can they validate them? Next one, number six, do they sell financial products from illustrations? This is huge. When you're doing a financial plan, when you're buying something, right? They say, this is what you need. Oh, I'll give you a great example. When I'm talking about life insurance and someone comes in and I can see that there is a need, I'm not going to say, hey, looks like you need life insurance and it looks like you need savings. So, hey, I think you should buy this cash value, dividend paying whole life, life insurance. And look, here's the illustration. Want to buy it? No. What we're going to do is we're going to start at the beginning and we're going to educate. We're going to educate what lies are out there and we're going to prove by math that those are lies. And then we're going to show them examples of life and rules that the government has made because the government has said, listen, we're going to put a limit on this because it's so good. We're going to make sure you can't pass a certain amount. So there are things that we need to teach first. When you teach it, then it begins to have the revelation of, oh, then once we have the revelation, then we look at what the products are that would meet that revelation. How do I, what product can be, bring the best solution? So when you're meeting with someone and all they have is an illustration or a product to sell you, I would caution because what we need to look at is are they just making a commission or a sale, or is this part of a master plan to help you? Number seven, this one, again, I'm going to say is so important. In fact, each of these are important. That's why I'm bringing them up to you. 
Do they have a database? Now, you might say, well, what do you mean? A list of people they know? Oh, no, no, no. Well, they should have a list of people they know. But what I'm talking about here is, do they have a CRM, a client management base, where they can say, listen, I talked to Joe Schmo on such and such date. He asked for money on this date. So let me give you an example. We have clients, even let me back up even more than that. Remember how last week I had talked about our process, right? The intro call, then the initial, then you come in and we give the recommendations and the implementation, and then it goes to our administration. And what are they doing? They are entering all your data into a secure database so that we have your information there. And in that database, anytime you send an email to us, it's recorded there so that we have a paper trail. So I've had individuals who say, hey, I, I, I'm just calling because I need $10,000. And of course, we are able to verify that it's them. We send them the money. It's their money. And so we put into our database, they asked for this amount of money. And usually what we do is we say, it's your money. We don't need to know what it's for. Compliance doesn't need to know. But can you let us know? Because here's what we found. After 25 years of doing financial planning, I have found that people forget in December why they took money out in February. And so we've learned that every time they ask for money, we say it was a bathroom remodel. It was a kitchen appliance. It was a new car they bought, whatever it was. And we just put it in there. There's no judgment. We're literally just recording it. And then when they get to the end of the year and they see their year-end statement, they're like, how come $50,000 is missing? We're like, refrigerator, bathroom remodel, vacation, whatever it was, right? And we go over that with them. They're like, oh, thank you. I was so nervous. I didn't understand what it is. I feel better. You know why? Because we've documented everything. We document, document, document. I think my team sometimes gets a little uh, annoyed with me because I'm saying if it's not documented, it never happened. And so I need to see. The other part of this is when you have a financial advisor and their team who believes in a database where they can document things, if someone was to get sick, it still keeps going. So for those of you who are my clients, you know when you called a couple of weeks ago that five was out with COVID. Five had COVID. Charlotte had COVID. Jenna, well, she hung on strong. Girl power. So she did great. While he was gone, I was not going to call my son and say, hey, you know, on Joe Schmo, uh, what was going on there? Even though the way we work it at our office is every evening, five and I connect and in the morning, okay, what's going on this day? So we're in very in tune on what's going on every day. I had a whole week without him. I was able to go into our database and look up the client and say, okay, these are the last notes. These are the last emails that happen. And we have a template that we keep in front of our file that shows me what the action items are and when they were completed. By being able to professionally care for my clients in a way that has a database, that has record keeping, I keep my clients safe. You know, this helps us. You know, we think of the required minimum distribution. We start calling. Now we start calling in September and saying, hey, we got to send you money. If not, now there's going to be a 25% penalty and we work to do it. Well, there's a place, yep, in our database that says the required minimum distribution for them has been fulfilled. So when I look at my list of the 10 things that we need to be asking when we're meeting with a financial advisor, 
understanding that, hey, they're not just operating out of this small place over here and they're not just winging it and you're in a cardboard box, but there is a database that is secure. They have cybersecurity IT that can help them, though I know that does not guarantee anything. There's training on it and there's documentation. Huge, huge area. I think just of the risk that individuals can be at if they don't do proper documentation. So let's take a quick 60 second break. When we come back, I've just got three more that I got to go over. And then I'm going to do a quick review of all 10. And then we did it. You are now empowered to safely go out and find a financial advisor who's right for you. And we'll be back in just 60 seconds with more crystal clear finances. Investment allocation and location can be complementing strategies when it comes to finances. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Investment allocation deals with your risk tolerance. How conservative or growth-oriented are you? Investment location is about positioning those investments in a way that can be most tax-efficient. Unfortunately, many just focus on the allocation and resources are lost to taxes because investments end up in the wrong location. Call Crystal Clear Finances at 518-433-7181 and make sure your investment allocation and location are in the right place for you. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Thank you. I appreciate how you join us each and every week. And I really appreciate those thumbs up and the subscribe on our Crystal Clear Finances YouTube channel. It helps us as we get the word out there. I truly believe that if individuals could understand how finances work, they could live and give in the manner that they were created. They would have that confidence to be able to say, yep, I understand how that works and I can make that decision. And that is one of the reasons why we have spent the entire month of January focusing on, all right, what are the questions we need to be asking an advisor so that we don't feel sold, that we actually can have a healthy relationship to be able to say, here's my goals, here's my dreams, can you help me reach them? So with that being said, today we've covered about the, the fact on that when you're looking for a financial advisor, we want to make sure that you have someone that is working on a professional identity and brand in the sense of they're finding a way to be accountable in the public. They are saying, this is who I am. You can inspect what I'm doing because I have nothing to hide. Here's where my office is. Here's the way I do my, my procedures. And I can sit down and talk to you because I am a professional and I'm not just winging it. Please do not wing your finances. The next area we talked about, which was number six, is a financial advisor. You don't want one that's selling financial products from an illustration. Remember, we want to make sure that we have the thought process down. Because of the way that we think drives our actions and the actions bring results. If you don't like the results, it's not that you have the wrong product many times. It's the wrong thought process. So we get the right thought process in place that gives us the right actions. And then we find the right tools and then we get the results that we want. So those are, there's a process that goes there. So we never would just say, hey, my, my thumb hurts. Can you just give me a Band-Aid for it? Okay, but what is really driving behind? that. And the other thing, right before the break, we talked about the fact that they need to have a database. 
being able to document your process. And that is exciting. It's exciting when I go back and I realize, oh, you've been with me 10 years. Oh, you've been with me 20 years. You've been here 25 years. And the history is all there. And we can see over time the goals that have been achieved by working together. And you know, that longevity has helped because then we can go back and we can say, hey, listen, remember in the past when you had wanted to make that decision and we didn't. And then a couple of years later, you're like, whoo, dodge the bullet on that one. And we're like, yep. And we begin to have that track record. Well, this is all documented in there. All right. So let's go on to the last three. When we're talking about it, when you're looking for a financial advisor, you want to look at one that sees their team as an investment, not an expense. Now, to me, this is very important. I had uh, someone who wanted to be a client and they were very vocal against my administrative team. They um, weren't swearing, or, or, but they just came, they were just rude and obnoxious to them. And as I was, after I finished the meeting and they had left, they talked to me and they said, that person was really rude to me. And I'm like, that's interesting because they were sweet to me. And I've noticed that sometimes you have those who think that the only one you're supposed to be sweet to is the person who owns the business and not their team that they have around them. And so long story short, we had a couple meetings with that individual and I noticed what was happening and we chose not to make them as a client. Now they had money. We could have financially benefited as a company and I know we could have financially benefited them, but not at the expense of my team. When I look at my team, my job is to guard and protect them. So people say, well, wait a minute, you know, isn't the client always right? I want to hear what my team has to say. You know, we did a sexual harassment prevention training, one of the regulations that we have to do. And I made sure that my team knew if at any time something happened with a client coming in, a vendor coming in, I want them to always be safe. I care for my team. So it's, I care for my team so I can serve my client better. But if I say, nope, I'm just going to care for my client and not build my team, then I won't have a team. And then I won't be able to effectively serve the client because it really, in all reality, it's always about relationship. And so relationship has to start in the inner circle with the team. And then from the relationship with the team, then it goes out to clients, not vice versa. So when it comes time to making sure that my team has a retirement plan, sick pay, vacation pay, that they want to work here. In fact, one of the things that I had put down for my 2024 goals was to confirm and make sure that my team has a place that they love coming to work, that the culture is one that they like to be here which means we have to be able to take the emotions of whatever's going on in life and kind of put them to the side and make sure we function as a unit. Because the three of us that are in this office, not counting the back office that's in uh, Charlotte, but those that are here in our office, we are like family. Because when you look about it, we have to work together every day and we spend more time together than we do with our families. So saying that my team is an investment is an accurate statement, which means they're going to get good pay. They're going to make sure that we do what's needed. If they need new software, they get new software. If we need a new computer, we get a new computer. These are things that have to happen. 
when you're meeting with a financial advisor, it's not that they have to have a huge team. There's three of us here. We are so efficient. We know what hats we're wearing, what we have to do. We have this huge whiteboard and it literally says, and I put all my roles and responsibilities up here. Five has his, our team member has hers, and we all put them down and then we flow with it. So you don't have to have tons of people. But the question is, do they not have tons of people because they're too cheap? Are they saying, nope, I'm going to wear every hat that's in the book? Mm -mm. Or are they going to say, I'm going to flow where I'm anointed to flow, and I'm going to find out where each team member is anointed to flow and where they find the great joy, and we're going to put them there, and then whatever's left over that nobody wants to do, we're going to hire someone who says, I would love to do it, or I'm willing to do it with all my heart because I know it will bring income to my family, and that's a blessing to my family. These are things that I would say I've seen as separators between those who are professional and those who are just the one-man show that they're going to do everything. Having a team is worthwhile. Having a team helps us be able to expand ourselves to get where God really wants us to go because we can't just do it ourselves. And let me get to the last two. Wow. Two more, and we're almost out of time. Um. It's it's very similar, but it says, does not place much value on a well-established practice. And let me explain what I mean like that. There are individuals that are out there that are looking to take shortcuts, that don't understand the importance of a 25-year history, of what it takes to build a business, of the growing pains in a business of learning how to operate. And instead, they're looking for the shiny goal at the end and won't pay the price to go down the journey. As a financial advisor, oftentimes we ask our clients to say, hey, just pump the brakes on that. Give it time. We're constantly saying, give it time. If an advisor will tell the client to give it time, but they won't do that themselves. That's not practicing what you preach. It's not that all advisors, that we all have to be perfect, but it is knowing that, you know what? We have to get licensed. It's an easy path to say, I'm going to be a financial coach and I'm not going to be licensed because the scary part of that, and I believe this in the Bible where it says about the teachers will be held more accountable. When you don't have licensing, yes, it gives you the freedom to say whatever you want, but it gives you the freedom to say whatever you want and people can get hurt. What is the reason for shortcutting licensing? What is the reason for not learning from a well-established business? You know, I, th I think about when I first learned about financial planning, the gentleman was at least 25 years older than me. And I remember I would sit in the back like he had a, a office, I'd sit in the back corner and he would meet with him and I wasn't allowed to say a word. And I would sit there with my pen and I would watch the interaction. And my job was to write any questions that came up and then to watch as he went through the process to, in, to see why he did what he did. So what I would try to do is say, oh, I think I know where he's going. And I would try to make sure that I had written down what my conclusions are so that when after the meeting, he would sit and talk to me and he'd say, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. Do you see where they're bleeding cash? So I got to the place where I said, I see it. And then I began to show him it. And he's like, 
okay, switch roles, but I'm not sitting in the corner. And he would sit next to me. Yeah, that's intimidating. He would sit next to me and we would go through the plan. Well, I'm looking at the clock and I'm realizing, oh, we got to bring this to the close. So the last one is you know that you are being sold if you work with an advisor that wants to make a sale and not just solve a problem. We all have areas of life that we have financial issues, that there could be financial places that we can be more efficient. And what we don't want is to be sold something. We need solutions and solutions bring a product, but let's find the solution that's right for you. Well, I am looking at the clock. We are at the end of our time together, but whoop, whoop, we did it. We did this four-part series and hopefully you are so empowered that you're going to run out there and say, I'm going to find a financial advisor, but wait, I'm going to go through this little checklist and make sure they're right for me. And if you are looking for a financial advisor, I would love the opportunity to have an initial call with you to see if we're the right fit. You can give our office a call at 518-433-7181 and then join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.